All right, guys, welcome to the Reliable HVACR live stream and podcast. So if you can't, can't stay for the whole show, uh, remember that you can watch it or listen to it later on the go on the podcast. Uh, what's up? I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces in the chat, and we have a special guest today, the one, the only HVAC guy. Hey, guys. What's up, man? I know. How's the uh, work week today? I mean, this week. Oh, the work, <laughs> the work week was great. <laughs> I, I had a couple of calls that were a doozy. Yeah, it's it's getting that time already. Uh, we already have like ninety degree uh, weather down here, so it's all AC calls like piling up. Yep. I think How's we just the, had a cold front come through. Who, who are you? Yeah, we just had a cold front come through, so it's going to be in between heating and cooling the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, we had a bunch of cold fronts like last month. I think that that's over for us already. And we're just 90s. We're going to get into the high 90s, 100s, you know, all that fun Texas weather. So uh, let me just look at the chat real quick. Uh, we got Zach, Tech Tie, Texas Peach. Uh, Richie's in the house, Eddie, Jonathan, what's up everybody, Zach, Just Work HVAC, and let's see, ready to watch, y'all are uh, my top two favorite to watch on here, appreciate that man. <laughs> yeah, so, thank you. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows, I'm sure everybody knows who uh, Curtis is here, he is from the channel, HVAC guy. Super simple. If you ever want to go uh, look for him, HVAC guy. Um, if you want to just introduce yourself a little bit, like where you're from, uh, what you do, uh, your business, uh, stuff like that. Where I'm from? Well, basically, I grew up in South Carolina. I grew up in uh, my family's from around Columbia, but I grew up in North Augusta. And uh, somehow oh, okay. I ended up down here in South Georgia. I actually followed my <laughs> wife down here. Um, uh, I guess, um, my background started when I first went into college, I went in and studying to be an engineer and that didn't work out. Um, I think a blue collar life is what was waiting for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the, the college thing too, and I was actually going for electrical engineering also, or that was what I was going for. I've always liked the whole. Uh, I, I like technology. I like opening up stuff, uh, fixing things. So then naturally when I got introduced to HVAC, it was like, you know, it was awesome to me and I got into it and I love uh, what I do and being able to work on different equipment and just solving problems out there. Um, how long have you been in the field? I guess a total um, about 30 years. 30. But I've been working as a technician. I mean, first I was doing, I was a helper on a duck crew and I worked my way up into an install crew and I did that for a while. And, um, and then there was a long hiatus. I worked as a, a EMT for a while. Uh, 
worked in a machine shop. I drove a dump truck. I mean, I did all kinds of stuff. Then I got back to HVAC and quickly became a technician. And I guess I've been doing that now for 20 years, right around oh, yeah. 20 years. So I've, I've heard that where people say that the best way to get into it, I guess, is to start on the install side. And then they work their way like to service and other like avenues there. Well, uh, there's an advantage to that because you learn about the airflow side of things. And that's just a crucial thing you got to know. You've got to have good airflow. And if you don't, oh, yeah, nothing's going to work right. And, and getting in on that side first kind of helps to teach you that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, um, I mean, I'm not super technical with anything I do, and I, I don't claim to be. I don't um, want to be like a, a teacher or anything like that. But whenever people ask me about stuff, I'm like, look at your basics first, right? And, and the most basic thing is the whole airflow thing. Like, are your coils clean, filters, uh, blower motors, condenser fans, like all that kind of stuff is the first thing you gravitate to before you start ripping things apart, so... Yeah, that's a good uh, little start there. Uh, let's see. What's up, uh, Angel? HVAC boss in the building, too. Uh, oh, hi, Angel. Have you seen him? Uh, he had a channel. Uh, he hasn't posted. I think he gravitated towards like Instagram now. Oh, yeah. I, when I saw something where, at HR Expo where he was trying to... Um beat some of his co-workers installing a mini split did you see that now i think i post posted that one i don't know if he posted it too but i posted a, a clip of it and uh the thing is i got there and i saw them at the booth and there was a competition to put in uh i think some flares on a on a mini split or something like that and then putting the whole thing up and uh one of his guys i guess felt the pressure a little bit and he was stumbling a little bit and then here Angel comes in and he's like, let me show you how it's done. And I think he beat the record and everything <laughs> there. So <laughs> that was that was a good time, AHR. Uh, I kind of wish I had gone now. I, I basically decided not to go, but um, and it, what's it going to be another three years before it's back in Atlanta? Yeah, it's they cycle between like four cities. So um, have you ever been to one? No. No. I barely learned about it like maybe three years ago, something like that. And uh, it's kind of, it's, it's different when you get there. It's very like overwhelming. Uh, That's why they have, you know, the whole three days for you to do it because uh, I kind of underestimated it and we walked and walked and walked. It's just a lot to take in and there's companies that you know of and some you've never heard of and they're all there, you know, demonstrating uh, new products and, and stuff like that. It's it's this year was kind of neat because of the veto Milwaukee and Klein stuff that they had uh, showing off. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but having it in Chicago in the middle of winter, that to me does <laughs> not sound like a good idea. Uh, that's the iffy one. The Vegas one was really cool. Um, Atlanta, the weather was nice. Uh, and then there's another one. There's a, I think it's on Orlando as well, but the Chicago one, that that's not a good one. Uh, Krause in the building. Angel always in it to win it. Uh, Tito's in the building. Everybody's asking about Tito. He's here. Showed up. 
what's up with him is <laughs> I didn't know if he was doing like solar panel stuff or quit doing HVAC like he got a job and they like, quit letting him do it or something. What's going oh, on yeah. with him he's, now? Uh, he's a uh, like engineering at the hospital. So I, I don't know if there's not much for him to film there or if he just can't like flat out, he can't uh, film and his solar company. He, I know he still does it, but I think he wanted to do HVAC videos again. I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to come back or not. Can you see the uh, comments? No, I can't see the comments. No. Uh, yeah. He showed up here. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Angel's like Tito's a maintenance guy now. <laughs> and I, I, I deal with those cause I work in hospitals. I deal with those, uh, that department there. Let's see. Here we have Kraus Curtis hit the Orlando one. It's pretty close. Oh, oh that would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, he's from over there and, uh, there's another thing that they have out there, the HVAC school symposium. That's a cool one also. I don't know if you heard of that one. No, I haven't. Uh, Brian Orr from HVAC school, the, the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, he hosts this thing and it's more like a, like a school thing where you kind of sit in and you have all the instructors going over different things like, uh, Ty Brenneman is one of my favorite ones to listen to. He he goes there. Craig from AC Service Tech. Um, what's the other guy's name? There's there's a bunch of them that show up to there, to that one. Oh, Tito, I ain't no maintenance guy. <laughs> uh, uh, he's, he, oh yeah, he's doing the contractor school. So that that's what he's. Uh, been busy with now because I try to get him on, on the live too, but he's been busy. Yeah, the uh, symposium is more intimate, as Kraus says. It's a it's a smaller thing, and you get to be, like talk to everybody a little better because the HR one is is it's really cool, but it's very hectic. Yeah, I understand there were a bunch of booths there that I would have liked to go see. Yeah, it, it's really cool, and and like. Like the one that Angel did, there's a bunch of them that uh, do like competitions, like like that RLS one. The they had a press competition to see who could press something the quickest and stuff like that. So I'll say, uh, okay. hold on. So let me let me pull up some questions that I had. I don't want to forget about those. Uh, so you are in business, you know, for yourself. How long have you been doing that? I've been in business since early 2011. 2011. I, um, I actually started the business in 2010, technically, but um, I was still employed. Oh, okay. And um, <clears throat> I was just getting ready, getting ready, getting ready, and then in 2011 jumped in with both feet i had no advertising i had very few customers i just i just gave it a shot and it turned out okay yeah i got a lot of questions on that too like should i start um this and that but i mean it's a process like i've been through it too we started in 2007 and my dad started it so he went through basically what you did uh he was working somewhere 
he got everything ready to start his business. And, uh, you know, finally, when he left the company that he was working at, he could go full time. Because I remember going on the weekends, um, you know, waking up real early because he already had side jobs lined up and everything. And we go do, you know, our repairs and service calls on the weekends. And I would go and I was just, you know, his helper at the time. So we've been through all that. And then there's ups and downs. There's a, there's a lot of that um, stress, you know, stuff like that. Well, um, I guess initially it was very stressful for probably the first three years. Total combined, I probably paid myself $14,000. In fact, I know that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, I didn't pay myself hardly anything, and I couldn't have done it if my wife hadn't have been working. Yeah, that, that happens because, uh, yeah, like my dad, for the longest time, I mean, it, it was like, you know, he couldn't. And I, I wasn't getting paid either uh when i was a helper or whatever i had another job and i would go and help him when i could he wasn't really paying himself either so it, it's an investment is what i want to call it it's like you're not going to be banking right away you're not going to be a you know a million dollar company or anything like that you got to build up to it and then learn all your uh mistakes everybody can make mistakes everybody uh has to go through that whole like first year of progressing and all that. So, yeah, it's uh, not just a first year. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so, some of my mistakes was working for, for people who don't really give a flip about you and don't care if you get paid one way or another. And you end up isolating those people real quick. Yeah. Uh, like a question I had here is, should you open up your own HVAC business? Why or why not? Now, when you opened up yours, did you see it as like something that was easy, you know, to build or get money from or anything like that? No, it was not easy. Um, first of all, you need to have some kind of financial support from somebody else. Um, because like the first year, I don't know. Um, you kind of need to bill out like um, at least 300000 in a year to have any kind of respectable income. And you're mm -hmm. not going to do that right away. I mean, it's going to take time. Um, yeah. It was not easy, but once I became established and I had my good customer base and got things going it was the best decision I had made in a long time. Yeah. So like, um, well, my dad already had experience on the hot side, so he doesn't do HVAC. I always have to clarify that because some people are like, Oh, you're just, uh, you work for your dad. You're just, uh, I don't know what, what they call it, but I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a first generation. Uh, my dad does hot side. So for him, I did benefit from him opening a company because he did that first, but it was a cooking equipment repairs and service. So then he's like, I need somebody to do HVAC because that was like, you know, there's good money in that. And uh, what I always tell people is like, if you're looking or thinking to get into the trade, whether you're just, you just want to get into the trade or you want to start a business, to me, HVAC is never going away. So like, 
everybody needs heating and cooling. And then a lot of businesses and, and people in general too need um, their products like uh, stuff you keep refrigerated or frozen. That's always going to be in demand. And then like if you get into hospitals or anything else, I, I do light commercial, so I don't get into too much of that. But um, you have medicines, you have blood, you have all this other stuff, uh, chemicals that you got to refrigerate. So it's always like a good thing to get into the trade. And I would highly suggest if anybody here listening is thinking about starting a business, obviously have your you know, your ducks lined, lined up and have everything ready, have some money put aside. Um, think of it as an, an investment, but it it's in demand all the time and it'll never go away. The whole um, lockdown and, and stuff like that, that happened a few years ago, it's kind of a kind of proof that it doesn't go away. We stayed busy throughout that whole thing. Oh, we did too. We did too. At that time I had one employee in, we never slowed down. And in fact, some people, I had a boom in change outs because people were thinking they're not going to be able to get their equipment. Oh, and, yeah. um, that didn't actually happen for like a year later before we had our shortages. But yeah, we are <laughs> recession proof. As long as you're competent and you, you know, at least half of what you're doing. I mean, I think a lot of times you got to go in with the mindset, leave it better than you found it. Oh, yeah. And, um, as long as you're competent and you do the right thing by your customers, like if you do something wrong or if you got to go right back the next day, do the right thing. That's all they want. They don't expect you to be perfect. No, and I had to learn that the hard way. My dad, my dad already knew that. My dad has been, you know, dealing with with customers for for a lot longer than I did. And uh you know, I was always worried about messing up or making mistakes or anything like that. And then I would hate to co- to have to go and explain myself to the customer if I ordered the wrong part, or I put something in wrong or I blew something up. I don't know, like stuff happens. <laughs> and my dad's like my dad's like, you know, just be honest with them. Or, you know, if a part's taking too long to come in, you got to give them the options. They choose how to spend their money. And like the the main thing is you have to be upfront and honest with all your customers. Um, And then as far as like the work that you do, nobody's perfect. But if you can take pride, uh, just try to make it better. And then you yourself, like like I say, you know, always be better. And what I mean by that is like every day be better, better than you were yesterday. Just because like, that's what the customer sees. Like they see the, and I always tell people take before and after photos too. Like that's a good form of advertising. Like we don't really do advertising, but before and after photos, something the customer can see. Like if you cleaned up around the unit, inside the unit, tidied up things, you know, all that stuff goes a long way. I need to start doing before and after pictures. Yeah, look, let me... Especially the insides of a unit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think I had a question on that I'll look for right now, but... Oh, yeah. Do you... Okay, like you do... Do you do mostly residential? Do you do... Do you still do any commercial? Yes, I do some commercial. Um, 
I do more light commercial than I do the big stuff. In fact, I basically I've written off doing chillers and stuff like that because it just takes <laughs> it takes at least half a day, even if it's just ten minutes down the road. It's gonna take you half a day on a chiller. So um, um, I don't do chillers anymore, but um, I do light commercial and some of the bigger stuff, just not so a lot. You're pretty diverse, and you've worked on chillers and and bigger equipment. Oh yeah, nice. See, I'm I'm light commercial. I kind of stick to what I to what I know. I do uh, mostly refrigeration. That's that's what I consider myself is a refrigeration tech. Uh, I stay in kitchen, so walk-in coolers and freezers, under counter coolers. Um, you know, every, every, anything you find in the kitchen. And uh, I, I took a class, like an industrial class, when I went to school, um, going over chillers and all that. But I've never touched them. I I, I stay stay like in my lane. Uh, we've never offered and that's another thing is like when you start a business you might try and do too much and then you learn like how to pace yourself and what kind of work you want to take so that's another well, big thing too well somebody gave me some good advice a long time ago they basically said pick one thing and be the best at that one thing <laughs> That that's kind of how I I look at it too. Like we used to do, a, I think we used to do way too much when we started, and I was like, no, like we're a, mostly a kitchen company, right? We work in commercial kitchens. I'm gonna stay there. I'm not gonna do too much. I don't do installs. I don't do like designing or anything like that. I'm just I'm service and repairs, and we do changeouts. We do installs here and there, but nothing major. And then like like I said, light commercial. I don't like to go. Uh, too far into the heavy stuff. So, <clears throat> so okay, you do residential and commercial. Uh, do you have a preference? Because I, I think I I've heard you talk about like the, as far as like what you can make residential versus commercial on certain calls. Yes, I, I do hear people say sometimes that commercial, there's better money in it. But the time you have to spend on it, to me, just kind of evens that out. I prefer the, I prefer the residential. On a busy day, I can knock out eight to ten calls, and and I mean, just something as simple as a condenser fan motor can be a six seven hundred dollar call. And if you're doing eight to ten of those a day, um. My pay is equal to anybody that's doing commercial work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're doing residential, I mean, the benefit is, is you kind of like, I guess you kind of give yourself a little radius of like how far you want to go. And then you can knock out like call after call after call. Cause like what I have to tell people, like when they ask me like, how many calls do you run? Honestly, it's, it's probably never more than four unless they're super simple and all close to each other. Because I got to drive two hours one way, one hour another way. Like it, it adds up. I'm probably driving half of my day or more. Um, and then my calls are kind of quick. So, uh, I mean, everybody's different. Uh, so I, I understand like you prefer your residential. You can knock out uh, more there. And it's just like, and you're, you're by yourself right now? Yeah, uh, I have decided to keep it that way. Okay. Yeah, we're we're like 
down to four four guys right now. It's like me, me, my dad, uh, my brother, and then one other guy. So we each kind of do a certain part of the of the work, and it works out that way. Every now and then, we kind of hire like a helper or something like that. Um, so do you have to hire a helper sometimes, uh, or do you just subcontract anything that's too much for um, yourself? Well, I'm lucky on the subcontractor end. I've got two options. One of them is another company who is willing to take on my work. And another one is a subcontractor who actually used to work for me. Um, so I sub out my installs or the change outs. Unless it's something simple that I can do like on a weekend, I might do one myself. Um, gotcha. But even sometimes a job that, that might be a two-person job, like mm -hmm. a five-ton coal or something, mm -hmm. I generally do them by myself. Oh, really? <laughs> Man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, let's see. And then I'm just reading the like the Instagram questions I had. Uh Okay, so since you do residential, did you ever get into like advertising? Oh um, yeah. How do you do that part of the of the aspect of work? Well, the advertising. Um, I was actually advertising on TV. And oh really? Just imagine the cost of doing that is like putting somebody on payroll, <laughs> but they're not actually working for you it's your advertisements on TV. That's how much it costs. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't see much benefit to it. The only time I ever saw a real benefit to it was when I was running a special. I did like a, a $49 special for preventive maintenance. And um, I could tell every time the commercial ran because I would start getting phone calls. But, um, Honestly, I'm I'm to the point now I don't do any advertising. Well, I do have an ad in the yellow pages, so I do have that. But um I don't do any advertising anymore unless you consider my van and the wrap on it advertising. Um but I did in the past. I did do the TV thing and I did that for like six months and Except for that one campaign, I didn't see hardly any benefit to it at all. So, like, um, okay, so you did TV advertising, and I've seen, I've seen that the whole maintenance thing is is what gets people, like the the specials, because yeah. uh, around here we have the billboards, and it's like you know fifty to sixty bucks uh, maintenance special, or whatever. Now on the commercial side, I'm looking at it like, how can they do that or whatever? But I don't know. I've never done residential i don't know how that works or anything like that but uh we've well, seen it, the it's billboards getting your foot in the door yeah most of the time when somebody's calling for a 49 dollars special you might understand this they're calling for a preventive maintenance but there's something wrong yeah and they know it they just they don't want to pay the 70 dollar diagnostic they would rather pay the 49 so they call you on that and you find it and you may get a repair out of it. And um, during that campaign, I actually got several change outs because that's what they needed. That's how it goes. I always tell people, um, 
that's how we stay busy all year is like during the downtimes we do maintenance um and then just keep an eye out uh for anything that they need like i don't know you go there for maintenance and they not they might not even know of all the issues that their system has and you can bring it to their attention you know change out some stuff and you get extra calls um through all that mm -hmm. uh did you use anything i had somebody ask me about like angie's list or any of those kind of services oh. have you had any experience with that um when i started out there is craigslist still around it's still even... around but i don't know who uses it <laughs> i tried that i got zero calls from that <laughs> nothing um i tried everything i mean i had uh everything i could on like facebook i did um the Google ads for people search. I had a website. I did a whole, I read an entire book on search engine optimization, built my own website and had it ranking at the top every single time for years and years. And I don't think it did me hardly any good at all. So is it just like, you know, do you do anything else or is it just word of mouth? Just word of mouth. That's all I do right now. Word of mouth. But the, I don't know if the search engine optimization and the website, I don't know if all that did. It's hard to tell because you can't track calls that come from because you're using just one phone number. Yeah. But yeah, I like, tried everything. Like for us, it's word of mouth. I, I tell people I don't bother too much trying to buy advertise, <clears throat> advertisement anywhere. And for commercial, I'm not looking for homeowners or, or anything like that. I need to speak to certain people uh, to get my foot in the door. So the only other form of advertising is we still do business cards, but we also do like little brochures. Um, sometimes we do flyers and we kind of hand them like that as a package. And uh, I just tell people like, if you stand out a little bit, that helps. And then obviously be friendly and, and uh, you know, treat them good and, and, get them to trust you to, to call you and stuff like that. Yeah. Kraus precisely foot in the door. Let me see what's going on in the chat. Uh, Eddie likes how your van turned out. Oh, well, thank you. Um, is that, is that done already? Did you're happy with it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if if you're like me, but I get people constantly contacting me, wanting me to feature their products in videos. It's kind of like a product sponsorship, and yeah, I don't take those. But one of them was offering stuff for solar panels and chargers and all that stuff, and I thought, would I do that to my van? I have no use <laughs> for it, so I'm just like, no. Um. But yeah, I get offers like that almost every day. It it's up and, it's up and down for me, but like I have to turn them I have to turn a lot of them down. Yeah. Now um there's there's one that I'm probably gonna take. It's um a, a company out of California that's starting a tech school for HVAC that's partnering with Auburn University. Um and it's called Preppy. I may 
jump on board with that one because they're part of their message is you don't need a four-year degree you don't need to go into debt to get a good career and make good money um and when i was in high school I, that's who else was that hey you got to go to college and um i wish somebody had sat me down and i could have got into hvac right away right out of high school but they acted like that wasn't an option yeah it that's and that's what i like about the whole community online now because like there's youtube there's instagram and now i've even seen people growing on tiktok just spreading the word you know there's um, a bunch of people that are doing podcasts now there's a bunch of uh, people starting youtube channels um the whole like even like the funny like meme stuff is going around and i it's just like good to get the conversation going and uh, i think there's one that i am trying to get a hold of because they had emailed me and i i missed uh their zoom call because like i get called in all the time i I didn't i it's hard for me to sit at a computer uh during the day but uh there was one too that that did something like that where they did online training and stuff and it was really affordable and and i thought that was cool so we'll see if that works out but uh but yeah like that's what i always tell people is i wish i wish they would give kids the option to or at least talk to them about trades because like nobody ever told me any of that either like you go to school and you take all or you pick something that you might not even use your uh, degree for i have so many friends that have the like a business degree and there's another one that was very common and they they never used it they couldn't end up uh getting a job or or something like that and if you could just get introduced to the trades no matter what trade it is um they're always looking for good tech so i wish uh, that would get talked about more with the younger people yeah me too all right so uh let's see Do you uh do you have your business set up with like a CRM software or no? Like that? I, I do not use that. I um because it's just me. I yeah. don't need one. Um, I use QuickBooks Online and a Google Calendar. I have a Google email address that I just use for the calendar. And um, oh okay, and I use that to move calls around and schedule things and i've been doing that for years and that that works out just fine yeah everybody has their own way um yeah i if anybody is listening we have a jobber over here at our business but um i think they just started a new plan and because i i get asked about software a lot and i i tell people like it's i mean they get i'm sponsored by jobber i've i will be upfront about that they give me their most expensive plan or whatever i don't use any of the features on it to be honest so right now what they have is like a a whole nine dollar plan where you get one user and you can just invoice and quote so i i like that they did that that's that's cool for somebody starting out i mostly use it just to kind of organize myself a little bit but i never learned uh quickbooks honestly but uh, we were looking for something because we were doing paper invoices, like honestly, right before probably less than five years ago. And uh, I hated doing that because I had 
a few guys at that point we had a few guys and i could never read any of the handwritten stuff and i had to be calling and guessing and so i'm glad that we switched to uh to a software to organize us but um well with quickbooks online i was able when i had several texts i would have each check with an ipad in their van and they could enter in modeling serial numbers they could even add pictures they could do an invoice or an estimate right there on the job and if i sent them out there and said hey let me see your invoice before you do it they could just hit enter save it and then i could pull it up look at it and maybe change it myself mm. and save it and say okay now you're ready or they could work up the whole bill, do the whole job themselves right there on the site and collect and receive payment all with just QuickBooks right there on the site. Yeah. And back then our guys were not good with, with their phones. They were breaking their phones all the time. So I wouldn't trust them with a, with a tablet, but <laughs> uh, we, now we do have the guys with, with laptops and all that. So we've, we've upgraded, but man, yeah, we were doing paper for, the longest time and i have to deal with it because i do all the billing and stuff what kind of laptops are you using i got them chromebooks i didn't want to get them anything crazy i started using when i was using laptops before quickbooks became as mobile as it is now mm -hmm. i was using the the panasonic tough book computers and i've got two of them still those things are just bulletproof <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with either one of them they're just old and have kind of a small screen so i don't use them yeah now like yeah like now i i was gonna use a laptop myself too but i i got so used to doing it on my phone now so i do a lot of my uh invoicing and all that or pulling up uh anything i do it on my phone let's see <laughs> cross already knew what was coming don't you dare plug plug it <laughs> hey man that's my only sponsor right now i think so but i, I like what jobber does and then like i don't want to get into it too much we're not here to talk about jobber but uh, they're part of the of the uh the whole thing where they're bringing the trades to light uh they're, they're currently trying to build up their youtube channel where they have and, and i've been interviewed uh to be featured on there too um, I just have to have to wait my turn, but they have people that are doing lawn care that are doing plumbing, all this other stuff. And they get them in a room and sit down and, and talk about how to start a business, how to, um, how to get paid consistently and quicker. Like they're part of that whole awareness. So that's why I like them too. That's why well, I'm, I'm working a, with them. I'm going to tell you, if you start a business, you better get used to getting paid 30 days later. Yes, that's a, a thing that um, <laughs> I don't think people realize. You don't get paid right away. Um, so for you, it's it's is it 30 days with your residential stuff? Well, with residential, um, if it's not from a rental company, if it's a homeowner, mm -hmm. I might get paid right on the spot. If it looks like oh, somebody, okay, yeah. if it's somebody I know and I've done business with them before, I might just bill them and expect to get it later. And yeah. um, 
that to me is always even if it's a good customer that to me sometimes they might forget and if they forget and if i forget we might be three months down the road before i realize i've got an overdue invoice yeah we've we've dealt with that too because like like I, I get busy and i forget to check on things and then my dad too and he's busier than i am to be honest um year round um doing the whole uh cooking equipment stuff and it's like we got to be on top of it too because like if we both forget you know the customer lets it slip it, you have to track it down and and make sure you get paid for that um but yeah we do commercial accounts so obviously we do have to wait to get paid um and that's another reason why we kind of try to streamline our invoicing and, and quoting and all that. Cause if I can just email it out and get it done, as soon as I finish, you know, the job, we get paid like so much quicker. Um, and we, we still get paid by checks by mail and stuff like that. So it takes time. Yeah. I get, I started getting a larger portion of my payment um, paying through QuickBooks through the email. There's a link where they can pay in the email. So um, I've started getting a larger portion being paid that way. Yeah, I see. Uh, let me look at the, the chat real quick. Thirty days. I got shit from 120 plus days. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. I got some. It just says 90 plus days overdue. That's all it yeah. says. I don't know how long it's been out yeah. there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Montana Music Group. What's going on? Emmanuel lives in South Florida. Uh, he works with his father, who's a licensed electrical and HVAC contractor. Learn everything you can, buddy. It's a good trade. He's going to take his test on Monday for trade knowledge part. Any advice going forward in general with business and how to successfully build a name from the ground up? Well, part of that we've already covered. Um, yeah. Be honest. <clears throat> if you make a mistake, make it right. Don't try to bill them twice for something when you've only, you've only gotten right once. That's, so, um, that's, yeah. And that's how we get customers is when they get tired of another company doing that kind of stuff, you know, billing them for all this stuff that never got the unit even working. And then, you know, they call somebody else. So good. They'll get a second opinion and you'll lose a lot of jobs like that. Daniel residential where I'm from in SoCal is all commission sales guys with tool bags. He does commercial and kitchens now. But he sales guys with tool bags. Yeah, I've seen those, and it apparently it's it's a lot of California that I've seen. That what in the world? From. So they don't fix them; they just sell them a new one. I don't know. It's a it it is a thing because the whole commission thing. If it and I think it's like with, I mean, it's only certain companies, but some of them are bigger companies. Um they go in there with the mindset to give them a new unit instead of repairing. But I mean, that's not every company. I'm not saying that about every company, but the whole commission thing I'm not on board with. Uh, we don't do anything. We don't even sell equipment anymore. 
Uh, a lot of our customers buy their own equipment, so I could care less if they uh, want a new unit or they want to keep putting money into whatever they have. I will gladly uh, get well, it going. That's similar to what I do with uh, home warranties. I know oh, yeah. some people just talk trash about them, but um, yeah. <laughs> if they want to replace a new unit, they might want to buy their own. But there are still ways for me to make the same amount of money that I would if uh if it were a regular paying customer it, it's there you just have to know how to work the system yeah we did we did warranty work um because we have a lot of local suppliers that sell to like restaurants and stuff and we made sure that we got in there too and we were on the list for warranty work um i did a lot of ice machine warranties and uh a lot of like uh reach in coolers and freezers and you know whatever i mean I, I think i only had issues with one that was very like stingy but either way like you do the work you get paid for it they'll cover you know your labor or whatever um usually they buy their they buy the parts or they give you the parts to fix it but you can still make money it's just you got to be smart about it the ones i work for they only want to supply the most expensive parts Oh, really? Like okay. anything, like a condenser fan motor, I just replace it. Oh, and, okay. I and I build basically because nobody else is doing home warranty around here. I basically give them my cost and that's what they go with. They don't try to talk me down because they need me. Um, so I'm getting basically my price. I'm not doing work for half the price or anything like that i'm getting my price for for doing the work and if they want to supply an evaporator coil or a compressor hey that's fine but there's still ways for me to make my money and th that might be a whole nother video topic if people are wanting to try to get in the business and don't have a customer base but there are ways to make your money yeah, I, I try to go over that in one of my videos. I'm like, there, there's different ways, especially when you start out, right? Because you don't know what, you don't have uh, your clientele. You don't have, uh, you might not know where to get customers from. Uh, one of my things was also the warranty thing. Like, like uh, I mean, nobody, even on the commercial side, nobody likes to deal with warranty. It, sometimes it's a hassle and, uh, you know, people talk down about it, but that kept us, in business for a good while when it when we had our like i said it's a, it's always ups and downs and there was a down point and warranty actually kept us in business or kept money coming in so um there's 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 a whole bunch of ways um to keep money coming in and stuff like that okay angel what question were you asking angel <laughs> i think he asked i think we already answered the one because he asked about how many guys you have, but you, it's just a one man show. Yeah, I got up to five people and um, it was just a nightmare. I, I don't like talking bad about anybody, but I had a bad experience with my employees. Yeah, we had a also because like we're, we're a family business, but it's like, you know, me and my brother and my dad right now, but. Um, when, when we hired, my dad hired his brothers and, uh, I, I even had a cousin that worked for us too. 
and they were the worst to be honest um you know they take advantage sometimes you know you have to deal with all this this stuff it's even worse when you hire family yeah and it it still happens like if if you think you know your relative your brother if you think about it you would think you can trust them more but it still happens and we had that whole issue we had so many issues with that so uh we kind of corrected that we still I still have an uncle that, that does work with us and stuff like that, but we're very on top of like, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Cause like, we don't like getting taken advantage of or anything like that, but it happens. Well, let me tell you the, the peak of what was happening to me when I had those employees, I had a dispatcher secretary who was sending jobs to one guy who was doing them on the side, not, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. She knew about it and he knew about it, but it wouldn't come across in QuickBooks. And I didn't realize it until I get a call to a house and one of my thermostats is on the wall. And according to QuickBooks, it's the first time we've been there. Yeah. And then I had- realized that this person, that these two have been working in cahoots against me. Oh, I was upset. We had the almost same exact situation. So uh, we had, uh, like, I do commercial, so I don't want to name the places that I'm at right now. But we used to do IHOPs. And there was a whole thing where we relied a little too much on them because we were, there. there's so many down here that we were making good money. Uh, They were keeping us busy all the time. We didn't really have other work. Uh, besides them and some local places so at one point two of our guys who were relatives uh they decided to get together and and kind of go to them or i don't know if, if one of the managers had talked to them and they decided to be the maintenance guys for the whole uh i hops down here and then we get a call that they're no longer going to use us and then we find out you know that two of our guys left to go work for them so they took basically our whole uh clientele right there and we had nothing at that point and and even we had that same situation where they might be using especially like refrigerant for side jobs and stuff like that so we've been through all that too it it's unfortunate but it does happen and you just have to learn from it Let's see. Uh, I think I got through my Instagram questions. Okay. Let me look at the chat real quick. I was going to tell you that same guy that this um, dispatcher was sending calls to. Yeah. Kind of under the table. You mentioned that you had an account taken from you. I have an account that I have now that has like six apartment complexes and each apartment complex has 50 to 200 apartments in it. That employee took that whole account and was doing side work with my materials to profit himself. That that's the thing. And then like, like when, when stuff like, when stuff like that happens, Cause like for me, I don't really need 
too much help on the HVAC side. I have a uh, I have my brother that helps me. We do pretty good together. And then uh, our other guy does both uh, hot and cold side. So he works if he needs to cover for one of us. He can do that. But my dad needs help on his side on the cooking equipment. And uh, you know, after stuff like that happens, he he just doesn't want to hire anybody. That's that's the problem that we have now. Oh, I get it. I get it. it. That's part of the reason I'm by myself. (laughs) Yeah, it gets in your head. Like, let me see. Kraus had a question. Uh, Do you track KPI for yourself? Wait a minute. What's KPI? I don't know. I was going to ask that too. (laughs) All right, Kraus, we need to. We need some more information. What's KPI? Let's see. As a one-man show, you'll never be able to sustain extra techs. Can't offer what bigger companies offer. Uh, I guess it I depends don't... on your on your outlook, like how you want to go about your business. I, look, I was offering some of the same benefits at big companies. I was um, I was offering um healthcare, which honestly nobody took part in, but I was offering a healthcare plan. I was doing health care and paying them and they were doing all that to me. So, yeah, I had a bad experience. <laughs> I know everybody's not like that. I know that. I just had a bad experience. Yeah, it just depends because like, um, like, like with you, you're happy being the one-man show and you're profitable. You're making what you want to make, obviously, and you're doing good for yourself. And it's the same thing with us. Like, like I said, we're four guys right now. Usually we're five, but we're we're down to four right now. And it's it's profitable. When we had more guys, we didn't make enough money and it, it didn't work out. And once we downsized, you know, we made way more money than we ever did. So we're happy being a small company for now, but I mean obviously there's always room to grow. It's just everybody's well, different. People don't understand. Um, I'll give you an example. If you hire somebody right now that's making $22, $25 an hour, that literally is going to cost you sixty-five dollars to $70,000 a year to support this person. When you start talking about um, workers' comp, your vehicle insurance, fuel, not in the Social Security and stuff that you have to add in, it all adds up. And it's hard for one person to produce over sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars by himself. So it's really hard to start adding people. When you do, your profit margin starts going down. Yeah, it narrows quickly because like I mean, and this was not we weren't some big company either or anything. We just we added a few guys and then like and we had a lot of work, but it doesn't translate easily. Like uh, you have to have enough. You have to be making enough to keep several guys on your uh, payroll. And like for us, it just didn't work out. We made we made way more money just downsizing to like four or five guys. And um, and I remember back in the day, like I had to wait or I had to go weeks without getting a paycheck. And I was I was fine with it. I tried to make sure I maintained uh 
maintain myself to our, where I'm stable and I can kind of wait to get paid and stuff like that. But we had to go through all that stuff. And that's when we were doing well, but we added guys and, and it just didn't work out. So then we downsized and we've never had issues since then. And we, we do get overwhelmed with work sometimes, but it's not, it's not impossible. Like we'll get to it. And we're honestly quicker than a lot of the bigger companies out here because they have even more work and uh, i think that's a, the one complaint is that at least around here is that the companies take forever to get out there and we try to get out out there the same day and sometimes i can make it there within an within an hour or two and they're pleasantly surprised so um that's that's just how it is uh oh kraus key performance indicators Average ticket, average call duration, type of call, stuff like that. Yes, I do keep track of some of that stuff. Like um, my average ticket, it really depends. If I take out the um, change outs, the really large ones, and I separate all the others, my average invoice, and you're talking about some of them are just $70 diagnostic. That's it. Or it's just yeah. an $89 preventive maintenance. That's it. That's all the money you make. My average is still over $400 without my changeouts. So, like I said, if I'm doing eight calls during a busy day, that's eight calls where I'm averaging four, maybe $500. And that that's what it is. Like, like we have those two, like, like, uh, our cheapest could be like 75 bucks or, or something like that. And uh, on the commercial side, it does kind of average out like to what you're saying. Um, I don't keep track of it too much, but um, yeah, I didn't know what KPI was. Well, uh, some of the other things that I keep track of, I don't really see until like the end of the month or the end of the year. And that's like how much profit I made in that month. Oh yeah, yeah compared yeah, we to keep, the previous year. Yeah, we do that too. We keep track of, of that kind of stuff. Um I don't have it in our my dad takes care of more of that kind of stuff. Uh didn't mean to, to come out as an insult. We're we're okay. We we just wanted to go over it. No harm done. Uh, but it is true. If somebody who's offering four oh one K and health care and yeah. It's hard to compete with that. And the only reason I was able to offer health care is because of what everybody calls Obamacare. That's what I was using, but nobody partook of it. Nobody participated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the harder parts to compete with, you know, that kind of stuff, the benefits and all that. But, but even still using that, you're going to have to pay half of their healthcare costs if their healthcare is 400 a month or 800 a month you're going to be paying 400 dollars a month to help them with their healthcare. and i was willing to do that at that point yeah like and like i'm not taking it or we're not taking it as an insult it's just the way we operate like uh curtis is a one-man show i like that we're kind of small on my side and uh there's a lot that you have to take into consideration. Like, like you said, the employees, if you're going to give them insurance or benefits or anything like that, um, 
I mean, you have to give them vans. You have to give get insurance on the vehicles. Um, you have to give them equipment too. Like everything adds up. It adds up a lot. It's it's very pricey to take on a new employee because I have people that message me all the time because I got a lot of people that that watch that are from around where I'm at, and they want you know a job or or whatever. They want to be a helper, and I'm like, I I, I can't right now you know that's a lot to take on it's just not it's not like hey just come for me and uh i'll pay you whatever like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it so um just think think about that if you guys are trying to open up a company or anything like that if you're looking to hire it's a it's a big deal i would say don't hire somebody until you just can't do it by yourself anymore yeah you can't do it yourself and you can't afford to turn away work then that's probably when you should. Some of the guys in the chat are asking about your pup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my pup's doing fine. He's probably about 20 pounds now. When I brought him home, when I brought him home, it was, it's been about three weeks ago. He was like 11 or 12 pounds. He's been gaining weight and growing fast. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw him in your, in your van tour. And uh, how long have you had them? About a month. Oh, okay. Man, they, they, yeah, they get big quick. We got Tito here. You guys should have at least been nominated for the awards. I don't know if you heard of the uh, HVAC Tactical Awards. Yeah, I learned about it this year. Yeah, it's, uh, I think this is the third year, the first one was just they did something online and they gave out or mailed out some awards. Excuse me, guys. <laughs> Tito, but uh, I think Ben got wind of, of <laughs> Tito because he's been uh, what do you call it? He's He felt very strongly about that. But we I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate that too. It was somebody can nominate us next time. Um, maybe yeah. we should do a like a small campaign at the end of our videos when it comes up <laughs> next year. Hey, how about nominate me if you think I deserve it? But, well, um, yeah. Well, the way they do it, because I I was wondering the same thing. The way they do it is, all you need is one nomination. So if you guys ever see that come up, um, you go to the HVAC Tactical website and you just have to nominate a person once. And they're in, but they have like a committee that they have like their own little circle and they'll judge and pick uh, who the winner is basically. So that's how that works. Let's see. See if we have any questions. Uh, Oh, how about this one? Do you have anyone to cover for you when you take time off? I don't take time off. No time off. <laughs> I can I can squeeze in maybe three days if I need to go to a family funeral or something like that. But other than that, I just don't. And that that's one of the uh I guess one of the, one of the cons if if that's important to some of you people out there. Um I have a hard time taking time off too, but I do it. 
Um, if it's on the weekend, it's even better. I don't have to worry about missing too much work, but uh, we, and being such a small company, we cannot all take, you know, the same few days off or anything like that. So we have to work around it, but it's, it's hard. Like, like today I work today, I made it to the live show, but I worked earlier today. We work all year round. Sometimes I work weekends, late nights. So, uh, Kraus back in here, uh, for both of you, Adrian, what, what is your breaks even for the week month versus with employees? And now is there like a quota that you give yourself? A quota? Like, what do you have to um, make? Honestly, because everything I have is paid for. I haven't, I don't have anything financed. Um, a break even comes easy for me if I make um just two, three hundred dollars profit five days a week. I'm breaking even. Yeah, that sounds about right. We we kind of do the same thing. Like, uh, I don't get a brand new van, or like our guys don't either. Like, try to get a nice van that's newer, that has good mileage on it and stuff like that. So, a lot of the stuff we have is owned. Um, we don't have to worry about stuff like that. Uh, we had a problem before where, like I said, when we had a lot of employees, because we don't even have an account at our uh, Johnstone anymore, like a credit account, because our guys were just running up the bill. And then sure enough, as soon as like we let them go and everything, we go empty out their van. They have like the same part over and over and over. They were just too lazy or too unorganized to find anything and they were just buying the same parts again and again and again so that was the whole thing but around we we kind of do the same thing around there like uh our break even is as long as we're profiting every day a few hundred bucks uh something like that uh we're good let's see maru do people work without a contractor's license Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Um, lots of people. And in fact, there's a rental company around here who will only use people who don't have a license. And oh, really? um, there's been a concerted effort with people in the conditioned air association of Georgia to go after this rental company. And, um, don't seem like there's anything we can do to stop them. It, yeah, that that's. I mean, that, they're that's using it for Yeah, that that's gone on my nerves too. Cause like, I had mine right away, you know. But I mean, I went to school. I got my EPA. I got a uh, like a the certification that that Texas requires, and then I got my license. So, I had everything, and I went even like buying refrigerant. You should have your EPA and all that but if if i see it all the time I, I would walk into a supply house and if they were just buddies with the counter guy you know stuff like that um, they get away with it they don't require them to to show anything and a lot of these guys just do i mean some of them do legit work they don't get asked for their license or some of them do side jobs and uh, get away with it unfortunately and uh, that is a problem that we have and then uh, those people are the ones that give 
everybody a bad name, you know, when they do shoddy work. And, oh, wow, uh, I've seen it. <laughs> and then they're, they put, like, we have customers that put things in place for us to, like, I had to sign a paper at a hospital, like, as I got there and as I left, because there were, there was vendors that were taking advantage and charging a whole bunch of hours. And then I've had customers that make us go through hoops to sign in and out when we're on a job site. Cause you know, there's bad work or there's people working without a license and they get away with stuff or get away with billing. They get paid. I don't know how, but they get paid still. And then uh, they don't trust the next company, which ends up being us. It's a big problem down here. It's a big problem. And I, I guess it is everywhere, but like, cause I've seen it here a lot and I'm like, I don't know if it's just where I'm at or what, but it, it happens a lot. And you're right about some of these companies. They'll sell equipment to somebody. I've had one of them tell me I confronted them about it. And they were like, if you think we're not going to let a sale go out the door, you're crazy. And hey, yeah. Cause uh, like, when we deal with supply houses, they're just trying to sell stuff. They're just trying to sell equipment, unfortunately. And uh, I've dealt with a bunch of uh, big commercial accounts. And just because they buy so much equipment, they bend over backwards for those, those customers, those accounts. And those customers buy their own equipment. And of course, they choose who they want to install it or whatever. Like I said, I used to work for IHOP or with IHOP. And uh, once they got their maintenance guys, those guys that they took from us were not licensed. They didn't even have EPA or anything like that. Yet they were doing HVAC work, putting in equipment and stuff like that. And the customer bought their own equipment so they could get away with it that way. But that stuff happens. And then they call us. They try getting us back a few times, but it never works out. But you know, stuff goes in and it's not installed right or not working right, then they call you. Let's see. Oh, Chris in the building. We got Chris from HVACR Videos. Hey, Chris. Let's see. <laughs> oh, I got we got Tito in here stirring the pot. Yeah, we're just trying to encourage anybody that's here. That's all we're here for. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I got to check the chat. Let's see. Uh, how to place install four 48 condensers paired with 404 valves. Complained they were icing up. Don't let places buy their own equipment. I run into that a lot. Um, and then it's I've we have one right now and I knew something was up they buy their own equipment usually they do a good job they have a guy but I think they let him go um, up north that kind of over oversees all their purchases and he used to do HVAC so I've never had an issue with him. He always, I always give them like what they need. If they need a new unit, uh, you know, the tonnage, the model, whatever we can to match it up. And then we go in and put it in, they buy it and we put it in. And then uh, the other day I went to, and I, I did a video on it or it was part of the video. 
and it was two hours away but i was like let me go look at it because the problem with customers buying their own equipment is it's usually not they don't buy the right one or they don't buy anything that that goes with it uh curb adapters or, or things like that so sure enough i went out there and i'm like these are way bigger than what they have on the roof and what happened was the old units were 10 ton units the new ones were 12 ton units and i just found out because i was like why did they have 12 ton units if we gave them the model number and everything of the old one the information well they had bought these for a different location that got canceled and they are pushing us to put these in at this other location even though they don't fit so <laughs> i deal with that a lot i deal with it quite a bit they're having buyer's remorse they're like we have to use them they're sitting there and i'm like man i don't know if we can, we can do this one Tito, don't be don't be nervous. Uh, do you still warranty equipment the customers buy? Nope, I don't. No. If uh, if they buy it, they understand that that's on them. And I mean, I'll I'll be honest. If if I mess up or do something on the labor side, I warranty that. But if if it's the equipment, that's that's on them. Maru, a lot of companies are hiring their own in tech or in-house techs. Do you think this will affect us? Oh, you it, it, nothing, nothing really affects you us too much. Big, um, restaurant companies or something like that. Is that what There's, he's talking about? We we deal with it with restaurants, and we also deal with it sometimes with the. The places that like sell equipment, they might have their own techs that go out there and try and fix, you know, the stuff that they sell. But honestly, some of them get away with a good, a good, they'll find a good tech that they hire. But for the most part, they're just hiring anybody. They might not have experience. And guess what? You know, they end up calling us. So yeah. it, I don't it, that, about that. it circles around. <laughs> I've got that, that big apartment complex I told you about has six apartments. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more than that, but some of them I don't go to because they're out of town. They have maintenance men who they want to try to do HVAC and they send them to school for HVAC, but it hasn't affected my workload. Not one single bit because they just don't have any experience and they learn enough in tech school. I mean, I don't know what they're learning in our tech school because it don't seem like they're teaching them anything. Guys come out of school and don't even know how to put on their gauges. Oh, man. Yeah. So like, I don't worry about them doing work and stuff like that because they might be uh, able to tell me, hey, I think we need a blower motor or something, and then I get the job. So I don't worry about that. Yeah, if anything, you know, they might just tell you what's wrong with the unit or, or something like that. Because once it gets, once it starts getting complicated, 
uh, they're kind of screwed. Yeah, like they they probably won't be able to fix it, or they mess something up. I get that all the time. And we're we're at a point, or we learn kind of quick. Like if we lose work to a maintenance guy, to a friend of a friend, to a company that maybe just started out that doesn't have a good reputation or something like that, it's it's nothing to lose sleep over. As long as you do your work, you know the way you do it you know, do it right, have the quality as, as best to your abilities. Um, you'll always have work. We don't worry about that. Sam, Andrew, uh, Curtis, is your new van an issue with glass panels or vandalism? Well, first of all, I don't really live in a city. Um, I live I work in Albany, but you're talking about a population of 85,000. So um, most of, it's more like a rural area. You don't have to worry about it that much. And then where I park it at night, nobody knows where that is. So I don't worry about that. Yeah, I mean, as much equipment as we have, like you would think we need to worry about it more. But uh, same thing here. I've been telling myself to to kind of lock it down more but you know add those um those locks that everybody puts on the back doors and stuff like that i never got around to it but i haven't had any issues around here for the most part like i don't have that issue at work either uh let's see tech school taught me nothing i learned everything myself (laughs) that's that's the way uh if you go to school, if, if you go to a good school, you, you're just going to learn your basics. Uh, hopefully they teach you how to put your gauges on and everything because uh, that's part of it. Uh, you're just going to learn your basics and kind of the like the lingo, like superheat, subcool, kind of know what what components are and stuff like that. You're not going to know how to fix anything until you actually get out there and get experience. Uh, yeah like richie says school is good if you take it serious and if you go to a good school too well here's the deal the the knowledge is there you gotta want it because um like the school here they'll pass you even if you don't show up (laughs) yeah um i was never a school person and i'll admit i didn't enjoy it all the time but you just got to uh, soak it in and, and learn as much as you can. Uh, okay, so we're uh, well, we're way over an hour now, but uh, I don't want to well, keep um, it too long. Yeah, I'm, it'd be a good time to drop off. I got to go get something to eat. Yeah, I got to do the same thing. So uh, let me just look at something real quick. Uh what tool bag are you rocking and any tool that you recommend? Um, I'm using the Tech MCT Blackout by Vito. Um, by far, that's my favorite so far. I've got the regular Tech MCT, but it don't have those pockets in the sides. Yeah, whenever they do the Blackout ones, they always add so many pockets and, and different things. Um, I like that one. Any tool I'd recommend? I'll tell you one tool that I use and when I lost it, I had to buy one immediately. <laughs> and that's that DIY back 
you put on your wet dry vac to vacuum out the drain. Oh, that really? thing works so good, I had to have it. As soon as I lost it, I had to go get another one. I think I saw you with that one. I need to I need to try that one out. All right, guys. So yeah, we've been here over an hour. Um, appreciate everybody that came through. Uh, thank you, Curtis, for hopping on the show. And, thank you uh, for having me. Mate, like like and like you said, like we could do probably a ton of more videos on some of these conversations. So maybe we'll do it again another time. Talk more business and uh, work stuff. Yeah, it it would. It was good talking to you. Appreciate it. So I'm going to, well, I'm going to sign off. I'll see you guys. Y'all take care. All right. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. That was a great stream. Loved all the um, questions in the chat. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. And like I said, if you guys want to listen to this later on, if you join late or you can't see the whole video, on YouTube, it is a podcast. I try to upload it the next day. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. See you guys.